glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Well, that was Peter, James, and John. Anybody else? Anybody else glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? How many of you would love to be in the finest hospital? How many of you would love to be in the finest funeral home? Come on now. How many are glad when they said unto you, let us go? Even if you have to swim to get in here, aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. Man, it's such a good presence in the 830 service. Such a good presence of the Lord in the 830 service. Just still basking in it in, in a lot of ways. Before, before we do this, I, I just, it's amazing to me. And uh, we're going we're gonna to find a way to get these testimonies in front of you. But almost every single day, I, I hear someone is messaging me or talking to me about just financial breakthroughs that are happening in their lives as a steward. It's just amazing. It really is amazing. You know, those people clapping are the ones that's already been broken through. Now, now if you knew prophetically, if they got it for them, it, it's, it's on my road. I, I am one section away. You understand what I'm saying? It's all in how you look at it. And uh, it, it's been so fun. I got stopped. It's so funny. Uh, in the first service, I had a lady, actually, I was worshiping. She's like, Pastor, put your hands down for a minute and we'll tell you a testimony. I'm like, you deserve the glory, but not right now. Yeah. But I, I'm teasing. She was so excited about God doing a supernatural thing. Her, her daughter is far from the Lord. She's in her prodigal season. But the Lord is proving that she's been telling the stories of how we've been declaring that the wealth of the wicked has been laid up for the righteous. And we just, the Bible, Job tells us, if we decree a thing, it shall be established. And not just for us, but for our children and our children's children. And she said, my, my, my daughter is far from the Lord, but he's proven himself to be faithful because he's going to use it to turn her around. She's, she's a waitress at a restaurant and just supernatural things. What I love about it is she got a supernatural blessing like you don't get in this particular environment. And then the, the, the four men that God used to, to bless her stopped at the restaurant, stopped and said, hey, listen, I don't want to just give you a tip, but can I, pray? I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. She's far from God. You understand? She's far from the Lord. Not only did they bless her, so see, sometimes people don't want your prayer if you're not willing to be a vessel. I'm starving to death and all you want to do is pray for me. Right? So they blessed her to put her in a position, and right there in the middle of that restaurant, they begin to pray the prayer of faith over her, recognizing that there's a, a lineage of, of destiny that sits over her. So God be the glory. God will use it all to turn it around. Amen. Has somebody send me a message? I think it was yesterday. Said, Pastor, you don't understand. We've been we've been getting this bill in the mail, and we've just been avoiding this bill. And we got another bill in the mail. The same bill came in the mail this month. And they said, oh, your insurance is covering it. It shouldn't be covering it, but your insurance is going to be covering it. We only owe $34. we got to be the glory. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, like, God, God just does crazy stuff. God does crazy stuff. Maybe that don't mean anything to you, but there's something that God's wanting to do. Amen? As I was praying about this this week, we're getting ready to do our decrees. The Lord, the Lord said, spoke to me, and he said, son, I'm blessing people who are not faithful yet. because I want to prove to them to trust me. Now, he did not say he's going to remove his hand. He just inferred. That inference is there's a season that some of us are walking in great prosperity even though we're not great stewards. That is not to justify bad stewardship. That's to prove to you that you can trust him to be a great steward. Too much is given, much is required. And so I just want to encourage you to trust the Lord with all your heart. And everything that belongs to you sits under the auspice of his authority. It's all protected. Amen. So we've been standing for a minute, so I'm going to let you be seated, but we're going to stand in the spirit. Amen. So let's decree. Y'all with me? How many faithful stewards are in the room today watching online? There we go. Come on, let's decree this. Make this declaration. As we stand in faithful stewardship of all you have given, we decree by faith jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, Benefits, sales, and commissions, favorable settlements, 
estates, properties, and inheritances, strategic investments, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, scholarships and grants, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid or canceled, expenses are decreasing and blessings are increasing. Thank you, Lord, for supplying all my financial needs that I may have more than enough to sow into the kingdom of God and be an example of what the favor of God looks like to those I encounter. In Jesus' name, somebody give God praise right there. Amen. Amen. We call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 25. I um, am so excited about the initiation of this new series, the initiation of this new series. Um, full transparency, this, this series that you and I are going to walk in is one of the one of the things I feel like I'm built to preach. There's a lot of things I preach that I, am, I don't feel qualified to preach. There's a lot of things, so it's the thus saith the Lord, I just begin to declare. But, but I have given more than a decade of my life to studying this thing right here that we're going to begin to walk in. It would take me well over a year to really break this thing down, and I don't know if y'all can handle that. But I, I'm going to, over the next several weeks. We'll probably be into the summer, and I think you'll appreciate it, okay? I want to break down the tabernacle of Moses. This, this is um, one of the passion points of my preaching. Um, I, I've, I think this is the second time in the history of Judah that I've, I've taught this series, I've preached this series, and I'm so passionate about this. It shows up sprinkled throughout almost every sermon in some way, just about, at least in every series. But I really want to like, just break this thing down to help you understand the significance and the strategy and the pattern of what God has created by way of the tabernacle of Moses. I've, I've subtitled this message this morning, The Meeting Place. The, the Meeting Place. If you have our app, you can follow along, fill in the blanks and do all those kind of things with our app if you need to or want to, to go back and study later. But I, I, I love the tabernacle. I gotta figure out where I'm gonna jump in, okay? I love the tabernacle because every element of the tabernacle of Moses points in one direction, and that one direction is Jesus. There is not one piece of furniture, there is not one process, there is not one ornament that is adorned on the garment of the high priest that does not have a very strategic direction and is to point you and me to Jesus. If there's ever been a day where we need a generation to be pointed to Jesus, now more than ever, we need to be pointed to Jesus. It's the tabernacle. It's an Old Testament type and shadow to be able to see the person of Jesus in the Old Testament. One of my Bible professors, when I was in Bible college, he said in the Old Testament, it was Jesus concealed. But in the New Testament, it was Jesus revealed. This is why I could preach you Jesus as easy in the Old Testament as I can in the New Testament, even with the red letters, because sprinkled throughout almost every story, every testimony in the Old Testament, we see a picture of Jesus. You will see a type. You will see a shadow. You will see an illustration. You will see a prototype of the man Jesus in, in, in almost every story, in almost every testimony in the Old Testament, in almost every prophecy in the Old Testament. Testament. It is amazing how much Jesus shows up in the Old Testament. And not only in types and shadows, but then there are moments where you'll see this, 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 this wording, this phrasing called Malik Yahweh, which is for us in the English language, it would be the angel of the Lord with a capital A. That word in the Hebrew is Malik Yahweh. And that's where Jesus shows up for himself. And the personification of Jesus, he takes on flesh to show up in the lives of like Abraham, the lives of Gideon, the you understand? Like Sarai, or that, at that time Sarai that was about to be changed to Sarah, where you see Malik Yahweh show up even in the Old Testament. It's a type, it's a shadow. The reason this tabernacle is so important to me 
is because God gives two chapters in the Old Testament to creation. As significant, as powerful, as strategic as creation is, God only gives two chapters to it. There are more than 50 chapters that have been assigned or allotted to the tabernacle of Moses. As unbelievable as it is for creation, only two chapters align itself to the, to the, con the concept and the concreteness of creation. But there are more than 50 chapters that deal specifically and directly with this thing called the tabernacle of Moses. In this tabernacle, I could preach you salvation in the tabernacle. I could, I could show you kingdom order in the tabernacle. I can show you redemption in the kingdom tabernacle. I can show you sanctification in, in the tabernacle of Moses. I, I can show you where the anointing comes in in the tabernacle of Moses. I can even show you the moving of the Holy Spirit in the tabernacle of Moses. This thing called the tabernacle of Moses is so important that God allowed us to see it at a very early stage of relationship. The book of Exodus chapter 25, just two verses today, just two verses. Because we're going to be sprinkled throughout this entire thing over the next several weeks. Listen to these words. And let them make me a sanctuary. That I may dwell among them. A meeting place. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. God is speaking to Moses and he's telling Moses and all of the leadership that sits underneath the auspice of Moses' authority that I want you to build me a tabernacle. I want you to build me a place where I can not just meet with them, but I can dwell with them. This has been the goal of God from creation. We see in Genesis 1 and 2 that God ultimately built creation and then he made Adam, he formed him and fashioned him into his, his image and likeness and he would come down in the cool of the evenings to walk with Adam. Sin came into the situation and it exiled man, humanity, from that relationship, that connection point with God and now God has come back in to Moses and saying, listen, I wanted this to be in the garden of perfection but sin has been involved but I still want to dwell with my people. I don't want to just bump around them. I don't just want to hang around them. I want to dwell with them and I want them to know that I am with them always. I am always wanting to be with them. My desire is to be in their life and I want them to have this picture of how I want to engage in their life. This is so powerful that in the book of Hebrews chapter 8, I believe it's verse number 5, that the writer of Hebrews tells us that the Moses was a type, as a shadow of Jesus who now is in eternity. He is our eternal high priest. It's a picture of Jesus himself aligned with our lives in the place of eternity. In other words, the tabernacle of Moses is also a picture of what heaven is going to be like. Jesus being our eternal high priest. God says in Exodus 25, I want them to meet me here. That there is a place that I want them to design according to my pattern and them know that we're not just hanging out on Sundays, we're living this thing together. That this is not something you roll up into on Sunday at 10 o'clock, check your religious box, and then we're done the rest of the week. But I want to dwell with you. And I want us to have a standing meeting place. Think about this. I'll talk about it next week. Everything that they built, they had to carry. And everything that God required was already in their possession. Here's these delivered slaves being brought into the wilderness and hearing, build me a meeting place. What I love about God 
is God said, I don't want to just be with them in their deliverance. And I don't want to just be with them when they're in the land of promise. But while I've got them in process, while I've got them walking this thing out, I want them to know you may be walking this thing out, but you're not walking it out by yourself. I know I got you in a place where it's a little desert, it's a little arid, it's a little hard to find food. You may have to trust me for provision every day. You may have situations where you're going to count on me to be warm by the fire by night and the cloud by day keeps from the sunburn over your, over your skin. I want you to trust in me, but I want you to know that not only am I going to provide for you, but I want to dwell with you too. That's why Psalm said it this way in Psalm 23, that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are not just around me, but you are with me. With me, your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. Here it is. And I will dwell underneath the house and the authority of the Lord forever. This is the decree of God that I dwell with him. And he dwells with me. Hear me this morning. God desires to be present in the lives of his people. I'm afraid, I didn't say this in the first service, so I'm feeling frisky in this one. I'm afraid that there are many of us that are too agnostic in our theology. Agnosticism. God came down, he created all this stuff, and then he kind of vanished to the heavens. And it's kind of letting us figure it out. That's, that's agnosticism. That God created you, and then when you create a mess, he leaves you to yourself. No. One of the attributes of God, I can't wait at the end of the year, I'm going to preach a three-week series called the Omni. One of the attributes of God is that he is omnipresent. That means that there's nowhere you can go that you don't have access to meet with him. There's not a place. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. Why? Because he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. And he's everywhere at the same time. You have an opportunity to create every place in your life to create a meeting space between you and God. He is omnipresent. Jesus said that he is a very present help, even in the times of trouble. When they named the name of Jesus, they told him, for unto us a child will be born and a son will be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. They named him Emmanuel, which means the God that is with us. He's not just hanging. He's not just floating up there in heaven somewhere, but he is with us. In the book of Matthew chapter 28 with the Great Commission, the Bible tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing those in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Listen to this. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age, that there is not a point where God does not want to be actively in a relationship with you and me. He is very present. Here's what this series is going to do. This series is going to reinforce to you over and over again over the next several weeks just how badly God wants to be with you. And while it exposes, exposes to you how deeply God desires to be with you and me, it will also reveal to us how deeply we want to be with him. Most of us like the very present help in times of trouble, God. But the overwhelming majority of us don't really need him when everything's okay. All right. It will expose not only his desire to be with us, but it will expose to us really how deeply we desire to be with him and when. Uh, uh, this is where I could get in trouble. The, the, the tabernacle, throw that up there for me, Nick. The tabernacle, this is what God set up and 
Over the next several weeks, we're going to bring, I'm bringing furniture out the whole nine yards. It's going to be fun. All right. That's God's alarm going off on somebody telling you it's time to pray. That's your reminder to give in the offering. That's what that was. <laughs> He's an on time God. <laughs> okay, I need a hush. All right. <clears throat> The, the tabernacle, uh, see, I could get lost here. The tabernacle is such a powerful picture. This is what God required Moses to build. It, it's broken into three dimensions. The outer court, the inner court, or the holy place, and then the most holy place, or the holy of holies. Outer court, inner court, holy of holies. Three dimensions. Ah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Ah. Body, soul, spirit. Most often God does things in threes because he wants you to understand the pattern of what he's doing. It's dimensional. So you have the outer, are we okay? Because I could really mess you up right here. It's the outer court, it's the inner court, and then it's the Holy of Holies. In the outer court. The outer court is lit by the sun and the moon. There's no roof over the outer court. It's, it's light. It's illuminated by the natural realm. The sun and the light. The sun and the moon. The, the reflection of the sun to the moon at night are the stars. And then the, 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 the sun for itself radiating will create illumination in the natural realm of the outer court. Yeah, and the outer court is the brazen altar and the outer court is the laver. I'll mess with those pieces of furniture over the next few weeks. Yeah, so good. I know where I'm going. So exciting. Because some of you do things and you don't know why, but you're going to find out and you're going to be like, illuminated. It's going to hit you naturally. It's natural realm. But, but, but the outer court is not all there is. That's why the writer said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all you lay and serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and come into his plural. The outer court and the inner court. Because it's not enough to just live in the outer court. Because there's somewhere deeper to go besides just the outer court. Just because you got into the place of salvation and cleansing does not mean there's all, that's all there is. But he moves us out of the outer court into the inner court or the holy place. You're not qualified to go into the holy place, i got to be careful, until you've first been washed by the laver. There are, some, oh God, there are some things that can stay on you in the outer court that can't stay on you if you're going to go deeper. There's some things you can do just being saved. But if you ever really want to go deeper, there's some things you can't do to go deeper. It's not my salvation issue, but it is your, mm, your depth of relationship issue. Oh, God. So here we are. We're moving to the inner court. I need to shut up. We're moving to the inner court. There are three pieces of furniture in the inner court. There is the lampstand. There's the table of shoe bread. And then the highest piece of furniture called the altar of incense. Oh, my God. Listen, the illumination of the outer court came in the natural realm by the sun or the moon. But in order to have illumination in the inner court, you needed this lampstand that was illuminated by fire that was connected to oil. In other words, if you're truly going to walk in illumination in a deeper realm, you can't just li live on the sun. You've got to live on the fire that came from the oil. That there has to be an element of the Holy Ghost and the anointing that will break, destroy yokes and remove burdens. That there is an anointing, there is an oil that is released in the deeper realm that creates, y'all don't hear what I'm saying, the fire of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and me. Because I can't really come to communion at the shoe bread if I don't understand the power of the Spirit of God. I can't really expect God to get the incense of my prayer life at the altar of incense if there's not some fire that is shut up in my bones with some oil that sits on my life. Here's the problem with the inner court. 
it still requires a man to bring it and keep it. This is the problem. Because then we'll start worshiping the, God, the one God used versus who God is. So now we start worshiping the preacher because he brought the oil that produced the fire. We start worshiping the worship team because they brought the oil that produced the fire. We start wearing all their merch because they had the oil that produced the fire. And if we're not careful, we'll worship the one God uses versus who he is for himself. This is not the meeting place for Christian celebrities. This is the meeting place for the God of the age. Hmm. So, outer court, the inner court, and then there's this place of the holy of holies, the most holy place. Interesting. The outer court was illuminated by the natural light. The inner court was illuminated by fire and oil that a man brought. But in the holy of holies, the only illumination that was brought was by God himself. It was the proverbial fire, pillar of fire by night, that would settle inside of the holy of holies and sit upon the mercy seat. That would create the It was the supernatural realm. And the illumination was in the supernatural realm. It didn't happen in the outer court. It didn't happen in the inner court. The supernatural illumination happened when there was nothing there but you and God. When it's God all by himself. When it's God and nothing else. Listen to me. The goal of God was never to keep you in the outer court. He built the meeting place because he wanted to have access to you and for you to have access to him. But the reason we never saw it manifested is because sin was always keeping them separated. This, this tabernacle, this meeting place was such a priority for them because they knew if they didn't have the presence of God, they weren't going to win a battle. If they didn't have the presence of God, manna was not going to show up. If they didn't have the presence of God, their shoes were not going to grow with them. If they didn't have the presence of God, it wasn't going to work out. So they would set up their tents In every tent, in every tribe that was set up, they set up looking or facing the tabernacle. Because they didn't want to miss what God could do. They they would come in and they would build the tabernacle first. And then everything else about their life orbed around it. As a matter of fact, we'll go through it over the next few weeks. But the first place they built was the Holy of Holies. It it was the place where they did not have access is what they built. Can you build something for God and never get to attend it? Can you love God enough to build something for him that you may never see? They would come in and they would place the Ark of the Covenant into position and then they would build the veil the curtains around it and then they would begin to work backwards this is how they started until ultimately they got the outer court the inner court and the most holy place set up the the curtains all the way around the door in the position that it was and then then they would set up their house in other words their meeting place was more of a priority than their living space They were more consumed about the meeting place than their own living space. Now, I know some of you, you're looking for the play. Oh, you're in the building program, you're trying to manipulate us for an offering. See, that's carnal minds. That's last Sunday. There's no, there's no play here. 
Live in manipulation and you may miss what God's doing. I'm trying to pull you into a place where you realize you can encounter God and go deeper. But in order for that to happen, your meeting with God has to be more important than where you sleep. Okay. Numbers chapter 2 verse 2 tells us that every tent in every tribe faced the tabernacle. They were so excited about the meeting place that they did not want to miss it when God did something. They built the Holy of Holies and then worked themselves out. Uh, this is next week, but, but let, me, let, me, let me tickle on it for a minute. God required three tribes on the north side, the south side, the west side, and the east side. And they put all three tribes, three tribes in all sections, north, south, east, and west. And, and, and they had, God, God required the larger tribes to be on the eastern side, which is where the door was. Because he's going to return from the... This is why I don't live on the west coast. I want to see him coming sooner. That's why I believe the further you get away from the east coast, the more unsafe... <laughs> May God add his blessings to <laughs> What I could have said is, well, we're moving on up. Some of y'all got that. Okay, good. <clears throat> the larger of the tribes, God required to be on the east side. So you had pretty much the same tribe to the north and the south and the west. But the larger tribes were at the east where the door was. It, it kind of looked like this. It, it was kind of shaped like that. Can, can you go back to my first outline? My, the, the outline of... It, if you look, the east side is a little longer than the where the Ark of the Covenant is. And everything is in a direct alignment except for the lampstand or the menorah and the table of shoebread. So you've got this with this. Now go back to my picture. See, it's Jesus everywhere. Even in the Old Testament, they knew it was going to have to be a cross. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. This is why you had to build it according to the pattern. Okay, here we go. You ready? I hope you're ready. The three tribes that were on the east side was Issachar, and then Zebulun, and then Judah. Issachar on the east side was the furthest away. Then you went to the tribe of Zebulun, and then you got to the largest tribe, the tribe of Judah. It was Issachar, then Zebulun, and then Judah. Okay. It was Issachar, it was Zebulun, and then it was Judah. In order, okay, there's only one door. And in order for you to get to the door and then make the decision to go through the door, you had to go to Issachar and then to Zebulun and then to Judah. If you ever going to get to the door, you must first have an understanding that you've got to go through Issachar. Oh, y'all don't know what Issachar. The, the word Issachar in the Hebrew means a reward is coming. This is a name of expectation. I'm getting ready to go through the door. And as I get closer to that door, I realize there is a reward that is coming to me.
The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, I have an expectation on the inside of me. That look, what I love about Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 is the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who seek me. That doesn't say he's a rewarder of those who find me. He said, I'm going to send you a reward just because you came looking. Just because you had enough hunger and a desire to come after me, that is enough for you to get a reward. And for me to get to the door, and you know there's only one door. Don't make me preach the door too soon. There's only one way. There's only one door. There's only one access to the deeper realms of the glory of God, and that's through. Come on, y'all. I have to have an expectation that there is a reward that is on the way. I'm coming to the door, but there's an expectancy on the inside of me that what I'm getting ready to partake in, what I'm getting ready to see, there is a reward on the way. And then that brings me to Zebulun. Zebulun. Zebulun means a dwelling and a gift. Uh, see, it's the meeting place. He don't want you to bump into him on Sundays. When I understand that as I roll with God, there is an expectation of a reward for being his and him being mine. Then there becomes this desire. There's this desire of having the gift of dwelling with the Lord. Oh, Psalm 91 is tapping me on the shoulder. And he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of His wings. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my, oh God have mercy, my portion, my God in whom I have trust. Oh God, He will give His angels charge over me lest I dash my foot against the salt. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? The power of dwelling with God, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever you will in my name. I am the vine and you are the branches. You get to dwell with me that moves me from Issachar into Zebulun and Zebulun takes me right into the corridor of Judah and Judah means y'all know where y'all are Judah means say it like you ain't Baptist Judah means Judah means praise I hadn't even got to the door yet. Oh God, I can't, I can't wait to be with God to give him praise. I have to praise him if I'm willing to go be with God. Okay, Judah was the largest tribe of them all. The largest. What's interesting is not only Judah was the largest tribe of them all, but Judah always went first. It went first everywhere. Everywhere. It went first. Judah went first. Praise always precedes. It requires me to praise him. Praise. The word praise is a derivative of the word appraisal. So when I praise the Lord, what I'm really doing is appraising him. Do you know what an appraisal is? It's when you or someone walks up and says, this is how much that's worth. When I appraise the Lord, what I'm doing is I am placing a value on him. So it's not my hands that I'm lifting, it's my appraisal that I'm lifting. It's not my voice that is singing, it is my appraisal that is singing. It is not my feet that are dancing, it's my appraisal that is dancing. It is not my tears that I'm crying, it is my appraisal that is crying. 
When I praise the Lord, I am placing a value statement on what he means to me. Hmm. Interesting. Judah always went first. Even in warfare. Okay. So, you, you and I are about to fight. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I have two weapons. I got the one that's right here in my pocket. And that's what's up. But I also have one that's in my mouth. One that's in my hands. One that's in my dance. You can come get me with what I'm packing and help fight. Or you can get Trey to start playing. Now, which one you want? Was that Mary had a little lamb? So that's something. They were getting ready to go into battle. Boy, when I'm not recorded, I'm pulling this thing out of my pocket. You getting ready to go fight. You want the one with the weapon? Or you want the one with the keyboard? God said, send the keyboard and you won't have to pull out the weapon. You won't have to display your weapon. For the weapons of our warfare are not I got a carnal weapon. I need to stop pointing to it. I got a carnal weapon. You understand? I got a carnal weapon. I got a carnal weapon that will produce carnage. But the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. This is dangerous, but that's mighty. This may stop you. That will pull down strongholds. Oh, God. I can't shoot through walls. He tears walls down. God said, I don't want you to wait until you get the victory to bring in Judah. But in order for you to get the victory, you're going to have to let Judah go first. So, here, you ready? So, is a car... Isn't what I do first, even if I have to walk through Issachar. I don't get to see the reward that's on the way if Judah don't go first. There are too many of us that want the reward, but we're not willing to step into Judah first. But if I step into Judah, I know sooner or later Issachar's coming right after him. question is, if I'm going to go deeper, how much appraising is he worth to get there? Uh, okay. Judah is the closest to the door. Um, let's do worthy is your name. Can we do that? Uh, Judah is the closest to the door. And you could not enter the door without first going through Judah. Watch this. Judah is not conditional. It's Judah in the hard times. It's Judah in the easy times. It's Judah in the peaceful times. It's Judah in the painful times. It's Judah in the warring times. 
It's Judah in the peace treaty times. It's Judah when I'm with my fam. It's Judah when I'm all by myself. It's Judah when he gives me everything I ask for. It's Judah when I wonder if he's going to supply any of my needs and I'm not real sure. My appraisal has nothing to do with my condition. It has everything to do with who is the one that I am meeting with and the deeper the realm is that I want to go with him. Okay, I'm about to set somebody free. Praise is not emotional. I'm going to help you. Praise is not emotional. Praise is an act of your will. And this is why many people don't praise. is because we won't hammer our pride long enough to appraise him. Because you cannot praise God and have pride at the same time. Because praise deals with pride. Praise is not emotional. It is an act of my will. Let me prove it to you in scripture. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. You give, you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It is an act of my will. And if I'm going deeper, if I'm making it to the door, I got to walk in Judah first. So here it is. I wrote this. Issachar is a reward is coming. A dwelling, a gift is Zebulun. Judah praise. Dwelling in praise becomes easier when you know rewards are coming after it. Y'all, have you read the back of the book? We win. He's working all things together for my good. Even if I'm in a bad season, before it's over, it's going to be for my good. No matter what. I trust him. And dwelling in praise becomes easier when you know for my good is coming after me. Last, last Sunday, last Sunday, this 10 o'clock service, we were at the end of the service and I talked about North Carolina DOT. Some of you are here in North Carolina DOT getting involved and it's going to be six to eight weeks delay or we're going to praise God. Like next Sunday, I'm walking in with the permits. Y'all remember that? We pray, we're going to praise him like, and I mean this place lit up. Like a Roman candle. I'm like, oh God. I was ready to charge hell with a water pistol. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Telling you. Let's go. Ready to charge hell with a water pistol. Man, let's go. Well, DOT is involved. And they're projecting six to eight weeks. He's still worthy. He's still worthy. I praise him, even though it didn't turn out like I wanted it to. I give him glory, even though it's not happening in my timeline. Because praise is not a reflection of me and how valuable I am. It's a reflection of him and how valuable he is to me. My praise is not for me. My praise is for him from me. You give, you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Some of y'all ain't going to understand this next statement. But the old church, we had this thing called a yet praise. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. We had this thing called a yet praise. You know what a yet praise is? I hadn't seen it yet, but you're still worthy of praise. I'm still in the labor delivery room. I hadn't seen that baby come out yet, but you're still worthy of praise. I haven't seen you heal me yet, 
but you're still worthy of praise. I haven't seen you turn it around yet, but you're still worthy of praise. I still got a yet praise. Only as I know I don't have permits yet. No, we're not going to be able to walk out yet. No, we're not going to be able to tear the trees down yet. But there still is a praise on the inside of me. He's still, you give, you take away. I trust in you and I don't lean on my own understanding. I bless you. You're worthy. running point on the project who by the way doesn't get paid just let me put that out there for everybody okay let me help everybody he don't get paid for what he does his reward is in heaven so he calls me he's upset and rightfully so because I mean, we, we shouted we called it done we decreed a thing it's established right well um, Glenn uh, you know DOT is involved okay well Lord, take the coal off the altar and purify my tongue right now. Purify my tongue. I know some of you are so holy you don't ever do anything wrong, but sometimes I get in my flesh, okay? All right? Some of y'all quote the scripture, the God who is able to keep you from stumbling. I say, God, thanks be unto God who's able to keep me from cutting somebody, okay? I won't kill them, but I'll cut their tires in a minute. You understand what I'm saying? I will sign Jesus' name with a key in a minute. You understand? I will autograph it for him. Pray for your weaker brother. Pray for your weaker brother. So he says to me, he says, I, I found out why they're involved. I said, well, do tell. It's been three years and now they're involved. Well, they open up the expansion project again, okay? Over 160, five lanes. And the reason they're involved is because they have deemed 12615 Steel Creek Road, the corner of our property, the corner, the, this corner of our property. They have deemed that they're going to have a greater expansion on our property for the city. Okay, for what? He said, because North Carolina has deemed that this is an area for a turnaround. Okay, some of y'all gonna get that later. But the state says that we're a prime place for turnarounds. Now you can say coincidence if you want to, I say it's prophetic. That even our state is saying, that's a place for a turnaround. So we say when this building is built, thousands are going to turn around. Tens of thousands are going to turn around. Hundreds of thousands are going to turn around. Millions are going to turn around. Even the enemies that are trying to hold the will of God has decreed this place to be a turn. So we say, Lord, turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. Ah, God have mercy. I just hear the Lord saying, I'm doing a turnaround right now for somebody. You better lift your voice and praise. Let, let's do the go first.
so I thank you Lord that we're not fighting for victory we're fighting from victory and I thank you for that in Jesus name and I thank you Lord that when this is all said and done it will be for our good and you will embarrass the adversary forever trying to hold back the will of God for this season. So let's praise him like it's done. You ready? One, two, three. Give Judah praise. So they're saying six to eight weeks. I say, Lord, do a turnaround this week. I, do a turnaround this week. If you didn't do it last week, this may be the week, God. So I praise you on this Sunday with expectation. There's a reward coming and we praise you in advance. In advance. I got to get out of this. Yeah, yeah. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Michael, do you know what I just, the Lord just reminded me of? When we started this building project, I said, Lord, you're going to put it on somebody's heart to write us a check for a million dollars. You're going to put it in somebody's life to write a check for a million dollars for this place. Do you remember the text you sent me? He sent me a text and said, because they have to take a little more of our property, the estimation of what they're going to have to pay us. prophetic as I've ever felt. He's going to embarrass the enemy. We thought they were delaying, but what they're doing is they're calculating. God says, this is how I'm going to pull a million dollars out of the enemy. The city is going to pay our bill. Okay. Matthew, Matthew, I want you to mark this service this day. mark this service this day because we're going to come back to this story right here and when we're standing in there and I'm holding a check for a million dollars from the North Carolina Department of Transportation we're going to dance well I tell you what let's not wait till we get the check what are we praying
Jesus. I don't know who this was for, but today's turnaround day for somebody in this room. I told my wife and I told Michael, I said, I'm gonna keep that in my bag, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me. This is turnaround day for somebody. It has been prophetically declared that this is turnaround day. Somebody's about to turn around. It's about to flip in your favor. It's about to flip in your favor. You can wait for it to happen and then say thank you. That's Thanksgiving. But praise is while I'm waiting on my turnaround, I'm gonna stand right here and thank you like it's already done. Somebody's health is about to turn around. Somebody's relationship is about to turn around. Somebody's child who is in prodigal living is about to turn around. There's a turnaround for somebody in this room today. <laughs> Jesus. Just take those same hands you've been clapping and just honor the king before we leave today, before we leave. Just honor him. Just honor him. Take us deeper, Spirit of God. Take us deeper. We want to be in the realm of the supernatural. Creating us a hunger for the deep things. Take us deeper, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let me be fully transparent with you this morning. Over the next few weeks, the old adage is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Y'all, I do not adhere to that. I say, you can ride a horse so long that you make him so thirsty he has to drink. We're going to saddle this tabernacle until everybody in this room is so hungry and thirsty for God's glory that the end of the service is not the initiation of a new one. I will not let go until you bless me. There is a realm in the presence of God that demons dare not go. There is a glory in the presence of God that wheelchairs cannot remain occupied in. There is a place in the glory of the Lord where medication is no longer needed. Ah, and he's drawing us in. He's inviting us in to the realm of the supernatural where the only thing that is lit is him. In him alone. I can lead you to water, but I can't make you drink. But we're going to ride this thing till you and I become so thirsty that nothing else but his glory matters. Father, thank you now for the invitation to go deeper in you. Increase us a thousand times more than what we are and fulfill every promise you've given us. In the name of the Father, in the freedom of the Son, and the dunamis power of the Spirit of God, we ask these things. And all of God's children said amen. 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 Listen, before you leave today, those of you, uh, Pastor Chris has been in and out of the hospital all, all week this week. 
He's had some physical issues going on and kept him overnight, at least one night, maybe two. I can't exactly remember. Um, if, if you're connected to Pastor Chris, Pastor Nikki, a prayer for them, if you're not connected, a prayer for them makes a difference. But if you, if you have connection or, or some kind of form of communication, whether it's email, social media stuff, or phone numbers or whatever, just show some love. Show some love, send them some prayers. Um, uh, you can door dash them food at my house. And, and I, I, I'll make sure that it gets to the right place. No, just if, if the Lord speaks to you about being a blessing to them, be, you know, be obedient to the Lord. Um, he's good. Uh, the, they're, they're in a process of healing. God's, God's got to take them through a process, but he's going to prove himself faithful. Amen. Amen. You know, he's God when everything's great, but he's still God when it's not an easy season. He's worthy when everything's great. And he's also worried that when it's not an easy season. All of us said amen to that. Amen. amen. All of our announcements are on the app. Just look at that and social media or whatever. You can be a part of that. I just want to thank God for you. Thank you for being here today. Some of you had to swim in here. I know you did, but thank God. Is it still raining outside? Was it still raining when y'all came in? Lord, I hope not. Praise the Lord. Hope it holds on too. Amen. Can we pray for the warriors tonight? Can we just pray? Can we? All my Golden State Warriors fans, can we just touch and agree? We touch and agree? At 3.30, we call it done in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that the anointing sits upon Stephen Curry. That the game six clay did not show up, but he's coming to game seven. Amen. There's a perfect number. Somebody turn my mic off. You jerked it off. We love you. Have an incredible rest of the week. We'll see you Wednesday. I'm going to ask you to exit to my left, to your right. God bless you. Have an incredible rest of the day.